tens of millions of families with Alzheimer's disease and dementia all over the world, including our family. We are Alls in the Fam. I'm Alan Fair. And I'm Polly Fair Noise. We're siblings, we are parents, but we're also caregivers. This is our podcast. This is our support group. Welcome to our family. Alzheimer's sucks, but this family lives, laughs, and learns as we fight for a cure. Welcome. All right. Welcome to Alls in the Fam. How's everybody doing? Good. Good How are you? Hey, Alan. All right. Um, Well, today we're going to go back to around the year 2015. And this is when we decided that it was time that uh, our our mother's um, mental acuity had gone down to the point where we needed um, to start looking at assisted living facilities and memory care facilities. And uh, that was um, a really insightful journey where we learned a lot. And so today's episode is about that journey. Do you want to start off, Polly? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, we we weren't sure how fast her disease was going to progress. Um, I went to Bridget Reynolds, an earlier guest on our podcast, and um, mom's neurology provider, and said, how, how long do we have? How long do you think she can stay by herself? She said, I think you've got about a year. So that was in 2014, 15. So we started looking. Um, and we had some considerations, first of all. We knew our mom loved being outdoors, would not want to be in a place that didn't have an outdoor space. There's a place, a, a senior living community near where she lived that had Um, multiple levels of care. So it had a nursing home in it, but it also was a huge over 55 community with golf courses, walking paths and uh, assisted living sort of, but more independent. And I tried to talk to her about that. And she's like, no, I want a variety of ages wherever I live. It's so boring just to see old people all the time. So we wanted something where she could at least see other um, ages. And mom was still pretty physically healthy. So we first started looking at assisted living facilities and I ran out on my own at first to look at a place that was an assisted living facility on the same campus as a um, small parochial school that was first through kindergarten through eighth grade. And um, this place was lovely. It wasn't memory care, Um, had a good outdoor space. Once a week, they would, the residents who could make the walk over to the school, would go over and read stories to the kindergartners or do that kind of thing. And I thought, oh, this is great for mom. So I talked to the staff there about our mother and they mentioned a couple of things that they weren't really set up to do memory care. So as long as mom was willing to stay, that she wasn't gonna try and leave, do a lot of exit seeking, particularly at night, then they were fine with a person with Alzheimer's issues. So mom wasn't really like that. We knew if we, she went somewhere, she would forget why she was there and try and leave. So that was one downside. The other downside is they had a beautiful outdoor space, very small. Um, It would be like walking just, a, I mean, a 10th of a mile in a circle over and over again. Um, And it wasn't really fenced in a way that would stop other people from coming in and, uh, and her from going out. Um, it was paved, so you could consider that in case there's a wheelchair in your future, but that wasn't the case with mom. 
the staff there told me something very interesting. There's a, there are a lot of homes, uh, assisted living and nursing homes like this that are affiliated with say a religious group. Um, so near us in Montgomery County, there's the Jewish community has a Jewish center for the aging in Rockville that's huge and lovely. And so they have day programs and assisted living programs and nursing programs. It's a wonderful community. People love it. Don't know if it would work for our mom because she's not that religion. They will take anyone, I'm told. They're not, not going to not let her. So um, that was just one more consideration. There are fair housing issues that go around with um, affiliated, religiously affiliated, any type of real estate, and that's considered to be housing. So, and it, there are federal restrictions, and then there are state restrictions that go along with that. So, if you're looking into that, that's a consideration that you want to, an aspect that you want to take um, into consideration is to check out what the fair housing laws say about your loved one if they're not affiliated with the religion or the facilities faith. Just right. as an aside there. It's just Bonnie's showing off her subject matter expertise. And That's right. Real estate. <laughs> one more thing to think about. I will say every facility we looked at or I looked at, I learned something new. We'll say that. So um, another place we looked at, Bonnie, I think you went with me to this one, was a large senior community. It was next door to a golf course there was a, there were a lot of people who had bought like condominiums so they could age in place. The care could the care could increase. Um, do you remember one of the downfalls of that, Bonnie? That we learned about from actually some of the staff in the um, memory care unit they had there. Yes, that there's a hierarchy um, in terms of. Uh, patients in the way that they treat each other in the community and that unfortunately the memory care patients are at the bottom of that hierarchy so and and i think you know going back and and talking about different kinds of facilities there's that there's the the spread out 55 plus that has stepped down all the way to nursing care and might include something with um, memory care there are there's the spread out campuses, there's high rise buildings, there's lots of different types of, and we looked at them all. And so in this particular one, that is the thing that we learned. It was, it's a gorgeous facility. It had a wonderful, seemed like a wonderful program. Um, but the memory care piece of it was relatively small and um, some of the programs were limited in how they would interact with the other patients who were there. Well, I think in particular, um, we learned that the residents who were in assisted living or in independent living. Independent living, I think it was specifically with that one. They really disliked the memory care people because they didn't want to be lumped together with them as partially ego that, you know, I'm not like that. Right. And partially that maybe they were sort of messier in a sense than. Well, than I think they required. disrupt. Yeah, they're disruptive. So anyway. So that was a, that was something we really learned there. Um, we um, did really look to Tracy to help us out sometimes with looking at places because she had spent a long time with her husband considering care for um, her mother-in-law, D. Tracy, do you remember that? Yes, yes, I do remember that. And we 
learned a lot every place we went, just like you said. Um, Dee was in a different situation. She didn't have memory issues at all. She is physically constrained. She had a stroke. So um, one side of her body is pretty much paralyzed and she is confined to a wheelchair mostly. But, you know, we were looking because although she had long-term care insurance, which provided her care at home for many, many years, when her husband passed, my husband's stepfather passed away, she wasn't being taken care of very well at home anymore. The service providers we um, discovered when they didn't have somebody that was fully able to move around and see what was going on were not as good. Even though she had someone with her that had been with her for a long time, there wasn't the oversight of her stepfather. So we decided she needed to be someplace else. And uh, at first we moved her into a regular assisted living facility, which was which was good, but she needed more assistance, even though she had her memory, she just was not being interacted with enough. So she would be in her room, um, but was pretty much isolated and physically could move her wheelchair. She had an electric wheelchair, could move around, but people just weren't coming in to see her very often. They weren't getting her out of her room very often. And ultimately she became very ill uh, with a flu that turned into pneumonia. We thought she might pass and we thought certain symptoms should have been recognized sooner. So after that particular hospitalization, she unfortunately needed full nursing care. So from there, we moved her to a facility that we knew would provide nursing care but she wasn't quite ready for it yet. And at that time, unfortunately, her long-term care insurance was dwindling. So it provided assets for her for a long time. She had a stroke, unfortunately, at a young age, but you learn that those payments won't last forever. So she moved for a period of time into another assisted living facility that combined assisted living with nursing care all in one building so that when a bed opened up, she could move into that and be covered under Medicare. So that's something that everyone should consider when they're looking at a facility, because you might not want to have to move your loved one multiple times. That's no matter what their issue is. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important, Tracy. Yeah. So we moved her to a place where she was having more interaction Um, She actually started there when rehab from the hospitalization moved for a short, short period to assisted living where they did offer more interaction, kind of the layout of the place and the size of the place, I think contributed to that the original place that we put her in was very small on her floor, especially it was more like a house that looked really lovely from the outside, almost like a Victorian house, but houses have fewer people, (laughs) right? So yeah, that's something to consider. If you want them to have interaction, then you might want a larger facility that maybe doesn't look as pretty from the outside. Tracy, the uh, same thing happened. Remember, we looked at a place for mom. Um, it was a it was a smaller house, maybe ten people in it. 
Yes, and, um, in a neighborhood, right? In, the, in a neighborhood, she could walk and go around. They said they would put a, some kind of a thing on the fence so she could go outside and come back in on her own. But the nurse in charge of that facility, when I met, I met with her and mom, and she said, I think your mom would be great here, but I think she would basically only be friends with the staff. She was too far. Mom was not far enough along to be in a memory care facility with people as advanced as people in that particular home we were looking at. Right, right. So Bon, we eventually looked at just a memory care only facility. Um, And this was uh, a revelation to me, memory care only facility, this one fairly new was set up specifically for people with Alzheimer's. And so it had a couple physical features and landscaping features that made sense. So the hallway makes a circle so that people can walk a long, big circle indoors without realizing they're walking in a circle, I guess, maybe. They also can't get lost as easily. There's, you know, that kind of thing. There's a lot longer to walk than where mom is currently, which is up and down one hallway, one short hallway. Yeah. Um, And I liked the fact that everything was set up for the memory care. That was something I felt was, so every activity, um, every meal, every interaction was set up just for memory care patients, which is very different. And and you have a lot more able-bodied people in those facilities because they're there due to their mental acuity as opposed to their physical capability. So very different kind of a facility. The place we looked at had a really large outdoor space with a, I don't know, six foot fence around it. I, I recall that because I remember Bonnie and I saying, I think mom could scale that fence if she got angry. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of places. There was also that place in South Carolina, Bon, where I was yes. like, yeah, she's where's gone. that gate? She's yeah. good. I, I think she would go through that gate. But yeah. anyway. Um, Armin is a, definitely a flight risk. That's yeah, right. She's a that flight was, risk. That was a big thing. Yeah. So much healthier back in 2016, 17, yeah. when we were looking. But I think that, Polly, what you just said right now is really important is that so much healthier and four years later, when we look back at that facility, the things that were red flags for us suddenly make sense. Right. So, you know, we were looking at that, how it went around in a circle and how the the rooms in this facility had a bathroom, but not a shower in them. And that was like a no-go for us. It did have a shower, but it was a shared shower facility for like... Uh, one hallway of people, maybe like a college dorm or something. Right. She had a bathroom in her room, but not a shower. So the showers were separate so that no one could take a shower without a caregiver with them. And it was a safety thing they did. So, um, so I liked that. And as Polly was saying, they also, um, the outdoor space had activities that were set up for the residents. It had a putting green, it had a gardening center, it had like a little lawn area. So, um, so that was, uh, that was very interesting, um, and a different take on what you want. And so when we were making our list of things that were important, um, it didn't tick all the boxes at that point. And so we passed on it, but looking back on a lot of the things that were there now, as her disease progresses, uh, they, she would have been able to enjoy more activities than um, what's happening because in a facility where there's mixed uh, residents, if they do a, an activity, 
to bring a memory care patient down with it, you have to almost have one-on-one um, if it's not specifically set up for them. Yeah, which we quickly discovered could become an issue where we ultimately have our mother now. Um, they have a full calendar of activities, but we discovered because different floors are different units. So our mother's floor is a memory unit, but the main lobby floor where they have all these activities is not. So somebody has to bring her down. And we quickly discovered that they weren't always doing that. And if they did, then on the lobby floor, our mother could go outside and not want to come back in or try to sneak outside and become a flight risk. So there's so many considerations and you really have to tailor your search to your loved one's individual needs and their personality. I think um, what we were talking about before, the pure memory care facility that we looked at, um, it allowed access to the outdoors. Those doors were open all the time during the day because it had a six foot fence around it. And mom could have come in and out on her own. And that would have been really important for at her current facility you'll see when we talk about it, one of the downfalls is exactly what you said, Tracy. She is not allowed to access the outdoors alone because there's not a big enough fence around it. And uh, it's very close to, it's kind of in a city. So it's very yeah. close to a trail and other people yeah. would bother her. So are we ready to talk about the place we chose and why? I think we are. Um, sure, yeah. Sure, jumping back into that other thought that we were just discussing about the outdoor access Ultimately, she did not have direct access to outdoors where she could walk around freely, but she does have a lovely balcony mm -hmm. that is not large. She certainly can't walk around, but, you know, it's probably, you know, 15 by 30 feet. So she sits out there much of the time. The downside is that she's not getting the exercise that she used to once get, and she has gained a lot of weight because they also feed you three full meals with snacks. So that can be a dramatic change. And that happened with my mother-in-law as well. I'll say all those things are true. The outdoor balcony was key because it was, could be used nine, it could be used 12 months out of the year, but it's, it's too cold often um, here. So really a 10 month, maybe nine month out of the year, but mom yeah. really likes to be out there. So that was, yeah, that I agree. Out. That was that. That was the key for that. That she gets access anytime she wants to that balcony, regard, and she can use it regardless of the weather because it's covered. So we did, um, after looking at a few places on our own, we did get a little help from a company that helps um, helps you select uh, care for your loved one with with Alzheimer's or and your aging loved one, and they gave us a couple good tips. One was you might consider a facility that's brand new for your mom because brand new places have people who are just new to needing memory care. Um, and since our mother was always so physically healthy and speaks well, but doesn't remember anything, she would fit in better with people who are like her, a little physically more active. There'll be more activities in that case. So they pointed us in that direction and um, they also helped us find a new place right in town that was close enough to all of us that we could visit her often. Um, you know, I recently read an article and I'll have it posted up on the, um, on our website 
and in the show notes about how um, family caregivers are still a huge part of the care that residents get at their memory care facilities. And with the coronavirus, that's really shut down. So we've talked before about how we're going, we were going three, four times a week, checking on mom. Does she have clothes? She needs new clothes. We don't know if they fit. We send her new ones, have no idea. So, um, but anyway, so one of the things when we looked at a new place was other newer residents, a very experienced management team though, that really helped. We, the managers by and large at mom's new facility had 20 years of experience. So that was great. On the downside that the newer staff they hired to actually do the hand-to-hand caregiving were not as experienced. They were brand new hires. So that was a consideration. They had a walking club, which we knew our mom walked because there was assisted living there. And that worked out great for a little while. They had happy hours outdoors. It was, you know, spring and summer. She enjoyed that. Um, There were lots of activities, especially when they first opened, there were only two or three people there and more staff than people that needed care. So again, those things were great. Eventually we learned more about our mom. So our mom who had not been incontinent before developed incontinence while, while she was there. And that made, and she also got a little um, pissy, I'll say, about people trying to tell her when or when she could go outside or not. And that made all the assisted living caregivers afraid of her. <laughs> and so they didn't want to take her outside with the assisted living group anymore. So this is why we realized maybe memory care facilities, single on their own, might have been better for our mom. What else do you guys remember? Other good and bad things? Well, I think you hit on, you know, there were three major considerations for us. Of course, there's the financial consideration, which I think we're going to cover in another episode, um, the different ways and some of the ins and out. Um, Then there was proximity, which was so critical for us because we are lucky to have um, each other close by and we can do those, those visits not just for the care, but because we want to see our mom. We want to spend time with her. Um, and we didn't know at that time how important it was for us to go from a, you know, eyeball to eyeball. I love you. You're, I'm your first line of defense kind of a situation, which we've learned over time is so critical to her health because she can't self-report. If you're in assisted living or even in a nursing home, you can self-report to a certain degree if things are happening or you need new clothes or you're hungry or you're over full or whatever it is. With memory care, you don't know until you can go put eyes on. Um, and then, of course, it was what does the facility itself offer and, and to our particular parent. And um, and again, you know, Polly and Teresa, I think you've both covered that. We wanted something that had activities, a lot of outside um, capability. I mean, that was the most important thing because in our case, our mother doesn't like some of the things, some of the other things that are traditionally offered to um, facility patients. And I'm saying, you know, she doesn't wanna do an art project. She doesn't wanna cook. She doesn't wanna do any of those kinds of things that might be, she doesn't wanna, she's not a religious person. And those are three major types of activities that they have on a daily basis for patients. So um, so the, that for us, it was that access for outside for other people who are looking, you know, you need to figure out exactly um, 
what it is that's important to your parent and try and tailor their facility to meet those needs. So, and then, you know, we had a mother who was a flight risk. So being able to have security in the building um, was of course critical to us because we knew she'd likely try and leave, which she did. So after mom had been at um, her current facility for a year, year and a half, we thought, what is a year? We thought, well, maybe this isn't the perfect place. We looked really hard. It's very expensive and um, it's close to us, but you know, it doesn't have that direct access to the outdoors. The weather's not that great a good part of the year here. Um, so Bonnie and I took a trip and went down south to an area that's less expensive and lovely that we visit a lot for a vacation, let's say, and looked at four places um, with an eye for our mom and what we knew based on her living in the other place. And we really, we learned a lot about what's out there and is available. So for a lot less money, moving three, four hours south, you can get almost the same care. But the problem is it's going to be hard for us to see our mom three, four times a week if it's three or four hours away. They often had access to the outdoors directly from the place, but it was locked because they couldn't have people with memory care issues going out when it might be 100 degrees plus, you know, 80% humidity, which would be dangerous very quickly to most of the people there, Um, not necessarily for our mother who grew up in the Caribbean and loves that. Um, She loves it hot like that. But anyway, so there was that. We also learned that, again, our mom had become incontinent while living in her facility. If someone is incontinent and they're in assisted living, if they develop that and it can't be cured, let's say, they'll move them to nursing care. They do not want to deal with that. So now we kind of thought, well, I guess we're keeping mom where she is. And I mean, we still love the staff. The people are very helpful, but there's been downsides as well. Um, We realize the mistakes we made. I don't know that there's any perfect place. Well, and, and, and again, it's an evolution, you know, at the time that we put mom into the facility, the reasons we selected it made perfect sense. And, you know, now going down the road, what is it? Hindsight's 2020, you know, maybe a different facility right now would be better, but the move would be incredibly costly in terms of her ability to, um, to get accustomed to it. She doesn't have that ability anymore. Yeah. To Tracy's earlier point, moving someone around once they're so sick is just nearly impossible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's very course, difficult, not impossible, but it's very difficult and very disruptive to them and can set them back. Um, and of course, like with D Tracy, moving her could cause her great pain and perhaps harm. So yeah. Yeah. Physical. But harm. I think, you know, there are so many considerations. If you don't want to have to keep moving someone around and you want them if they may need rehab or just assisted living help or memory care or nursing care. If you find a facility, which is, you know, what we found for D, she has been in all of those. Now she is in nursing care full time. She does have a roommate. Um, it's not ideal. It's not what she would want, but it's what she needs right now. Uh, we started with a thought that she would move in with us and 
built out space for her to live in our home with us, but she's changed so quickly that that never happens. But sometimes the care that they need just takes precedence over, unfortunately, anything that you know your loved one may actually want. Well, and I can talk, speak to uh, Grandma Ruth, Mike's grand, my husband's grandmother, and you know she lived by herself for many years. Um, remarried at the age of 70 and had 15 good years with her second husband before he passed away. And then she decided to move to a step-down type of a facility. And she had the exact same experience where she started out in independent living. She had a couple of stints in their rehab when she fell, went back to independent living, moved into assisted living, into nursing care, and eventually passed away um, from that. So, you know, there's a real different, and they had a memory care unit that was not one that she had to, had to go into. And, you know, I think those kinds of facilities um, have the same kinds of considerations, but two huge things when there's timing involved of the move are if you have someone who's living with you at home, you tend to be able to stay for a lot longer in your own home if you have a caregiver who's watching you 24 hour living there in your own space. And then, you know, your physical ability and your mental acuity on top of it as you're, you know, what's the timing of going into the facility and where can you start? So it's a tough thing. I mean, we have one experience, Tracy has an experience, I have an experience with Ruth, which was, quite lovely, you know? So yeah. she ended up being able to go all the way through that and, and received great care. But again, you know, nobody wants to end up, no. unfortunately, you know, there's not a, but she did have um, dignity and good care during the whole time and a lot of family support. Same thing. Um, Mike's parents were there step-by-step step all the time, e- even though she never lost her mental facilities, she still needed someone advocating from her for her outside of herself. That's yeah. the thing that really sticks out to me being in New York and not participating much in this process of finding the facility is now that our mother is in one of these facilities, it still demands a lot of all of your time there. You're still extremely involved. Uh, One, of course, because you want to be, but also she still needs to be taken care of, even though she's in this facility, they're sort of servicing her on a day-to-day basis, but she still needs clothes. She still needs, she still needs real, real care that only family can provide I was surprised to, you know, the kind of care we provide. I was surprised to learn I needed to bring her toothpaste yes. or, they, or they wouldn't pay for it. I was surprised to learn they won't cut because because it's memory care and there's not a nurse. They won't cut her toenails and fingernails. So Tracy and I actually had a nice outdoor visit with mom a little while ago and cut her toenails. Yeah, that was a fun one. Is that what made the visit nice that you had her toenails? I look forward to doing it again soon. Yes, it wasn't the cornhole that Polly brought or we had several activities lined up for that. We set up a putting green. (laughs) Yes, the putting green. Yeah, Yeah. she never never got to that. But boy, ultimately, what was interesting, 
about that visit and the toenail situation, let's just call it that, was that (laughs) she was able to take care of it herself when we could not, which was so surprising. And kudos to Polly for saying, just let her sit there and, and do what she's trying to do, because I thought there was absolutely no way she was going to be able to do it. And lo and behold, she did. So I you never know. A, I gave her a toenail clipper. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. But wow. Yeah. And a bucket. Don't forget the bucket. <laughs> it's just, a, I was trying to use it as a stool so she could reach her feet. I know. I know. Yeah. But it was a beautiful well, it day. It sounds like proximity is probably most important to us, which unfortunately comes at an extremely high premium given the part of the United States in which you live, the the DC metropolitan areas among the highest um, in the country for, for care, but um, yeah, no such thing as the perfect situation. Yeah. But there are also, you know, the financial constraints are probably the largest factor for, you know, 99% of the people, right? So um, that's first and foremost, unfortunately, but there are state requirements, local requirements where they have to report things to you. So you can look at that two ways. It's comforting in one way, but it can also be disruptive in another way. Yep. Still a lot to manage. Everyone, um, anyone who's on their journey to um, helping a loved one find uh, find a new home, we wish you all the best and hope that our perspective gives you some helpful insights for what you're going through. Thanks for listening to Alls in the Fam. In the fight against Alzheimer's and dementia, we are all family. Find us at Alls in the Fam on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and on our website, allsinthefampodcast.com. We appreciate you clicking that subscribe button on Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast catcher may be. Alzheimer's sucks, but we are in it together. We are Alls in the Family. Talk soon.